Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. As you guys know, we love those reviews. We really do, if they're nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And on this week's episode, we're talking about the fact that Kate's back. Finally. She's finally back. I'm so happy. I'm so happy, too. I've just been staring at pictures of her all day. Her hair looks amazing. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But yeah, it was a great, perfect appearance back. Um, So we have that one. Uh, We have some updates on Princess Eugenie's wedding. And we have an update from the Markle family that's somehow not terrible. But... As I said before we started recording, mm-hmm. I am going to refer to Samantha Markle as a royal pain in the behind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, she remains that for a long. She will forever be that to me. But I wouldn't say this is making amends, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, you can also send us an old fashioned email, by the way, at info at gallery I forgot to mention that this week's royal refreshment is. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. It's Crown Royal and Cherry Coke from the bodega on the corner. Yay. Yay. So I really, and I'm not giving up on this royal refreshment, but I was reading that Kate Middleton loves Jack Daniels. Sure. Um, And so we were looking, we're on the hunt for whiskey. We found Canadian whiskey that has a crown on it. So that's as royal as it gets. Yes. And Monday is Canadian Thanksgiving. So to our Canadian listeners and myself, (laughs) we are thankful for you and me. Yes. I am very thankful for you, Lisa. Um, And this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. So this week in royal history. October 8th, 1993, was the wedding of David Armstrong Jones to Serena Stanhope. So uh, David is, of course, the son of Princess Margaret. And Serena Stanhope is a real person, even though she sounds like she should be on Days of Our Lives. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, She's actually an Irish gal. So they met um, when... So uh, David is a furniture designer. So his furniture firm was commissioned to design a dining room table for Serena's father. And that's how they met. And what's really remarkable about this wedding to me, which is immediately apparent for anyone who looks at the pictures, which I highly recommend, is that Serena wore a dress that looks quite similar to Princess Margaret's. And of course, Princess Margaret had that like it's long sleeve sort of high collar with a, a v-neck you know it almost looks like a jacket mm-hmm. that look um so serena did the exact same thing but with some different fabrics like it's a bit of a shinier um like bodice um but everyone was like oh wow that's your mother-in-law's dress and of course princess margaret was still alive for this i think it was like an homage to her that's nice it's like how 
Nicole Richie's dress was an homage to Grace Kelly. Yeah, well, sure, sure. Exactly like that, just the same. Yes, and so and as we're reading uh, how a blogger wrote this up, and she wrote that the connection to Princess Margaret is the most reported one, of course, but the dress is also a dead ringer for a Christian Dior gown from the late 40s. Um, so yeah, overall, very beautiful wedding. Highly recommend looking into those pictures. I love the incredibly low-key kids of Princess Margaret. Like, they're the exact opposite of their mother in every possible way. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's a furniture designer. And it, it's just, they're a very low-key couple. They just, like, live in London and happen to be have titles of Count and Countess of Snowden. It's really similar to us, just it living so in New York similar. City with our royal titles, but living our really chill lives. Yeah, the, I mean, lots of New Yorkers call themselves the Countess, as we know. Um, so that's this week in royal history. And then I'd like to go into some reader emails. Okay, we've been getting amazing emails, yeah. by the way, and we've been reading every single one of them. And we love hearing from you guys. So thank you so much. But we have to read one that we got from Emmanuel. Yes, please. It's Emmanuel. Thank you so much for sending this. Okay. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Love the podcast. It definitely keeps my urge to blab about royals to anyone who will or won't listen under control. I wanted to share my own run-in with my country's royalty since you've been dipping into the lives of other crowned heads. I'm Belgian, by the way. My boyfriend and I were celebrating Valentine's Day. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Which I appreciate. Yeah. (laughs) At a tiny but treasured Italian restaurant this year when he suddenly nudged me and deadpanned, Prince Laurent just walked in. I didn't believe him, of course, but turned my head just in case. Standing there was Prince Laurent, pronounced Laurent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> With an empty tray of pasta. Why the King of Belgium's admittedly controversial brother was returning a catering dish to the restaurant himself and not via lackey is beyond me, but it made for quite the star-studded Valentine's dinner. Thought I'd share with you ladies. Keep up the great work. Royal, sorry, Regal Air Kisses, your Belgian royal correspondent. Excellent. I love having correspondence all over. <laughs> this is just so handy. Like, cuts down the work we have to do. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really interested in this Laurent character. Now I want to research him more because he sounds Harry-ish, maybe, but more rascally. I don't know what the controversy is. I, I don't either. I'm, I'm excited to learn. Yeah. Um. So thank you for that. And uh, we wanted to get back to last week's, um, on last week's episode, we discussed how a reader wanted us to talk about or research Caitlin listener sorry I only have readers up until now I'm still adjusting to (laughs) podcast life Um, so she asked us to look into the controversy around Eugenie's wedding and so I wasn't aware of any but of course of course there is Mm -hmm. people always are going to have opinions about the royals that's why we're here and so um, there's there are issues and anger around the fact that Eugenie doesn't do anything like she's not an active royal insofar as she's not ribbon cutting and not doing charity work. Um, but the tax, the British taxpayers are still paying for a lot of the security around mm-hmm. her wedding. And she's still throwing this big, lavish wedding at Windsor that is so similar to Harry and Meghan's. And everybody just spent tens of millions of dollars on that security, which was estimated to be around, you know, 20 or um, rather 40 million dollars. And now they're going to have another one just mm-hmm. five months later. So people are not happy about that. But it's sort of the typical anti-monarchy crowd, you know? Like, I don't think, from what I could tell, and even, and this is talking, I went into some British tabloids, which are always looking for reasons to be angry Mm -hmm. and nasty. And even there, I didn't see a ton of discussion around this. It was more just like, there is a petition to ask, well, it was asking for two things. One, some more transparency, because it's currently unclear how much the public will be paying for this wedding or what the total cost will be. And, um, they also want to petition to just not pay for it at all. 
they're arguing that the royal family should pay for because she's basically a private citizen with royal blood that she should have a private wedding that should not be paid for by the Brits. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting for us because we're obviously living in the U.S. and we don't pay taxes in the U.K. So I'm just like, spend all the money. But like, it doesn't affect me. You know, like, I I don't know. I look at sometimes not to get political, but I look Mm -hmm. at like what the government's doing. And I think about it in terms of like how my money is going towards different things. And so I can only assume why people feel the way they feel. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously we, we view these issues as fans, not as the, as Brits ourselves. And so it is complicated. I mean, again, not to even go down this road and this is a happy place, but uh, Melania Trump wasn't living in, doesn't live in DC. Most of the time she lives in New York. And as a New Yorker, I'm, paying for the security <laughs> around <laughs> Trump Tower. So I get it. Um, I think it all comes down to whether or not you like the person who's being protected, really. <laughs> so in this case, I'm like, oh, great. Like, of course, let Eugenie have a beautiful wedding that I get to watch. Like, what do I care? And then in other cases, we're like, our New York City money should not pay for this. <laughs> exactly. So I get it. Um, but of course, if you were anti-monarchy, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So I think we all just think it's necessary and I look forward to Eugenie's wedding which is a mere nine days away at this point yes and we got some good news yes we did so at first we were like how are we going to watch this because obviously we're like we need to see every single second of this we want well first of all we want everything that the royals do to be televised yes it's kind of unfortunate (laughs) that their lives are not just like one big reality show that we can watch at all times like the Truman show yeah. I would watch the hell out of that. I would all the time. Although mm-hmm. then it would turn into like a Wally situation where I was just like this fat blob. Yeah, that's on, true. Like not being able to move and yeah, on an armchair drinking soda. Yeah, that would be me. Absolutely. Yeah, completely. But so we were like, how are you going to watch this? And then we heard that the BBC turned down the opportunity to put this wedding on TV. Yeah. Yikes. Because I guess like you know it's not Harry and Meghan. It's yeah. It's like another one, but it's not. Right. Well, I think, I mean, again, I don't know the politics of BBC making that kind of declaration, but BBC didn't deem it newsworthy. And so it will not be on BBC. Uh, It will be on ITV. Yes. And so (laughs) we don't know how to watch ITV. But here's what I'm thinking. So first of all, my ex-boyfriend watched a lot of hockey when we were dating. (laughs) And what he would do is he would like Google Uh or he would like YouTube search the name of the game. And then like these different streams would pop up and then you'd have to like go from game to game yeah like so we can do that we can no i'm not worried i'll figure it out it's the internet you know yeah and then also some of our amazing listeners sent us the link to the queen of the world documentary which was on youtube we were like oh we're not gonna be able to watch it until it's on hbo wrong no of course it's on youtube and so thank you so much to the people who sent it to us because there was a few of you and we really appreciate it and it was very fun to watch um but so we'll find it. We'll, yeah. We're going to watch this. Oh, of course. It's not a question. Um, it's next. It's October 12th, which is what? Friday? Friday. Yeah. That's it's on crazy. A Friday. <laughs> it's bizarre. I mean, again, they usually are on Fridays, right? I mean, Kate and Will got married on a Friday. But now that we've had been spoiled by one real wedding being on a Saturday, that's just so much easier to watch. Well, it works out for me because mm-hmm. one of my best friends is getting married the day after and I have uh. to be upstate for her wedding. So luckily for me... Mm-hmm. Does she know that she will be second best to Princess Eugenie? I haven't told her. I think that's going to be in the wedding toast that I decide yeah. to do, even though I'm not in the wedding party. I'm sure, like, sure, sure. like, 
I can't. I'll just do like that clinking ding, ding, thing. Ding, ding, ding. I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. When I should be in Windsor. I should be in Windsor. I hope you appreciate this. Uh, I would like to briefly discuss. So we were reading the ITV news from Celeb Bitchy. And um, as the title of the blog, which we adore, would suggest, it got a, their discussion of it got a little bitchy. And there are some issues I just want to like float. So first of all, um, the blogger points out that uh, that this wedding is going a little overboard. Like, I don't know what overboard really means for a tertiary royals wedding, you know? <laughs> um, but they think that this is a way for Fergie and Andrew to, as- quote, assert themselves into the royal conversation and bring some interest to the York girls, which I'm interested. You got me. I Success. Mean, so I love Celeb Bitchy and mm-hmm. I read them religiously. I'm, I'm going to say, like, I think I agree. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Megan did not have a two-day festival, and she was married <laughs> to, she got married to the son of the future king, yeah. you know, and, but they're having, like, this big, huge two-day blowout, and I don't know, I know Fergie was very upset about not being invited to the private reception for Megan and Harry, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of, like, pay attention to me. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm interested in this narrative, the whole sibling rivalry, I want more attention than that branch of the family is getting like Mm -hmm. you don't see princess anne doing this no never she's so chill yeah princess anne is the most chill royal that ever existed she just wants to like ride horses and be left alone and zara tyndall who i am very into and i as i've mentioned before i think mia tyndall is the cutest of potentially all the royal kids sorry Hmm. um that's a great little family they had a baby recently you haven't heard a word about that one no they're just super chill yeah so it's just so funny that they're like excuse me I mean, that's why Andrew and Fergie are such a good fit, right? They both just want attention all the time. Very dramatic, very very theatrical. But I just, that's all that is to say. I love that. Um, I love drama. I love messy drama even more. And from afar, not in my own life. Yeah, me too. I love drama (laughs) as long as it doesn't affect me personally. Yeah, so I don't, I'm fine to watch it. And I'm really excited to see Fergie's outfit. And then like, what kind of weird hat she wears next Friday. Her her outfit's going to be insane, don't it's you think? Like, nuts. It's not going to be like conservative and calm and casual. She wants all eyes on her. I'm so ready for it. I'm I'm here for all of it. Um, I look forward. I, I bet she'll be dramatically weeping in the chapel, which is also why I need live TV. <laughs> yes. I need all of it. So I'm I'm psyched. Bring it on. Um, and then speaking of Princess Anne, I wouldn't call it the news, but she popped back up into my consciousness recently because she appears in that Queen of the World documentary that we just mentioned. Yeah, she's just like, oh, yeah, on my family boat, we used to do this. And like, I hadn't seen my parents in six months and it was fun. Yeah, she's, she's just so chill. I just at my sort of like dream dinner party. Like, yes, obviously, Kate and Megan, what have you. But I would leave space for Princess Anne. Yeah. She's just really cool. Um, So our buddies over at Marie Claire drew up some of their most surprising facts we learned from the Queen of the World documentary. Please feel free to fill in your own. Um, But like, for example, that Prince Harry doesn't spend too much time at Buckingham Palace. Which makes sense. That's like where you go for like holiday dinners. Yeah. It's like his family house, basically. And he's always traveling and stuff. It makes sense. And he has the apartment with Megan. They're like, he lives like across the street, right? Isn't it like across? I mean, I think it's like on that whole estate, basically, that whole area of London is yeah. basically their property. So whatever. It's not like he's it's not like he's in his jammies walking around Buckingham Palace is really what it comes down to. Um, this is also the documentary where we got the little something blue moment from Megan where she revealed about the dress, which we talked about last week. Um, and she also mentions that she only saw her wedding dress like two or three times, including fittings, 
Like she just gave her vision to Claire Waite Keller at Gimanchi and was like, go ahead. And she didn't see the final thing until the morning of her wedding. That gives me an anxiety headache, like right here. Well, also, wouldn't it make sense with what, like the criticism she's gotten for fittings and yeah, it being a bit loose? I mean, right. Like we've, I have complained in the past, the day of the wedding and subsequently, that it didn't fit in the bodice. So that would explain why. She never saw it and she probably was not eating enough out of stress. And so it didn't fit super well. Anyway, that was an interesting moment. Um, what else did we get? Oh, we have some embarrassing like home videos of Charles and Anna's little kids, which is super cute. We learned that Justin Trudeau of Canada <laughs> has known the royal family since he was a little kid, which makes sense because his father was the prime minister of Canada. So I'm just kind of getting like old timey visions of like maybe you know, when George met the Obamas, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. That's kind of what I'm just imagining because the royal, the British royal family goes to Canada, I think pretty much more than they go to any other country well, in, other than like in that general area. Marine Claire noted that the Queen has toured Canada 25 times. Yeah. So it makes sense. Nice. Yeah. It is a beautiful place to visit. Um, and we learned that Prince Charles' favorite book is Harry Potter, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's true of like, I would imagine it of Harry or William because they are our millennial contemporaries, but a 70 year old man whose favorite, who's incredibly well educated and his favorite book is Harry Potter. Yeah, that's about right. Good for him. And it's patriotic basically <laughs> at this point. Um, so that was really cute. And it was on HBO. And so now you can watch it whenever you want. If you you know, have HBO or have dated someone with HBO or your neighbor's aunt has HBO. And it was on YouTube, so maybe it's still there. Probably. I don't know. That's um, until HBO takes it down. But another thing we learned on there that I think is really, really funny is that um, uh, the queen has a fake hand-waving machine that she was given in Australia. So, okay, when I saw this headline, I honestly thought it was like a April 1st, which I hate. You know I hate, I hate pranks. <laughs> I don't like pranks. Um, I thought this was like an an April Fool's headline. I'm going to have to cancel all the pranks I've yeah, planned. Yeah, please. It's months away, but I live in anxiety of it. So, yeah, this reads so fake to me, but she owns, she owns a fake hand-waving machine. I mean, she is old, so she can't be like, I don't know. Maybe she has arthritis, like arthritis problems. Well, okay, so Princess Anne says, they gave her a stuffed glove on a wooden lever so that you could tweak the end of the lever and the hand went to and fro. I think they thought it was rather cheeky, but Her Majesty was thrilled. I mean, it's great. It's a problem-solving item. It's so funny, though. But, okay, enough of all this. Yes. We have to get to the best, best, best news. Yes. Kate Middleton's back. Thank goodness. Yes. So she had Louis five months ago. Yeah. And we've seen her a bit, of course. Like, we've seen her at weddings, primarily at weddings. Yes. But, like, you it's know. Like, yes. It's not as if she's been in hiding, but this mm -hmm. has been her, this was her official the, excuse me, her first official engagement. She went and hung out outdoors with a group of young students from State Stephen's School in London. And, okay, so she was in full-on casual Kate mode. Yes. So we saw Megan go to the um, sport event. The netball thing. The core Coach award core. things. Yeah, and she wore, like, stilettos and Oscar de la Renta, and she looked chic, but, yes. like, not super sporty. And, I mean, we did see her kind of sporty before, but she was wearing, like, this floor-length, the trench coat like yeah so she's not the sportiest person she's working on it yeah she's figuring it out but kate was in outdoor mode she was in boots that we learned from instagram she's had since 20 2004 oh, 2004 yeah 2004 it's crazy and she's had she was wearing jeans she's worn before and like yeah um kind of a military color jacket which yeah. like i have something similar in. yeah that sort of like army green jacket but it was from a swedish brand uh called like 
Fall Raven. Don't I'm sure that's not the pronunciation because it is an extremely Swedish looking word. We're not even trying. Not so even going to try that. Us. But if you were trying to find the jacket, it's like F J A L L R A V E N, and that was the jacket. And I think the the, the sweater. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the jacket's like two hundred dollars or less. You know, um, like a nice army green and with a matching sweater or jumper, as she would call it. And her hair looked a little bit shorter. Yeah. And it looks like she got like some blonde highlights or something. Yeah. It's in there. like sort of warm, warm. On, on top and caramelly. Um, I loved the haircut because I actually think it was accessible, if this makes any sense. Um, because usually her hair is like amazing and abundant and wavy and curly. And you just know that she had like three people working on her hair and mm-hmm. blowing it out. This looked like potentially my hair on its most beautiful day. You know, just like a short layered cut. And it just looked very normal, but of course beautiful and full. And she has amazing hair. But I thought, that's a haircut I could actually like take to a salon as opposed to being like, can you give me 10 times more hair and then curl every single piece of it? So I really liked that a lot. But even beyond seeing Kate in like casual outdoor mode, the best part was seeing her with the little kids. Yeah. Like she's always been good with kids, even before she had her three little babies. But she's just so natural with them. And so there was this one little girl, um, Anwar, who uh, at one point was like sipping, they're all drinking water or something like that. And she's sipping her cup, but then she just kind of holds the cup in her her face. And in her teeth, probably. It's just kind of like up there over top of her nose. And she's just hanging and just sitting there with the cup over her nose and not even touching it. And Kate's just laughing and having a great time. And one of the f- good things uh, about Twitter, which is arguably a horrible, horrible place that causes me endless anxiety and stress <laughs> and is one of the worst things that ever happened to me. But mm-hmm. one of the best things is that I follow a lot of royal reporters who are on the ground and they posted all these videos of Kate talking with the kids. And you can't really hear everything that she's yeah. saying, but she's just so calm with them, so patient, so good with them. Like, yes, I don't know. I think she's probably a really wonderful mom. Of course. I'm going to read a quote from Zoe Stroud, who's the interim head of the Sayerscroft Forest School. She said that um, Kate got down on the grass with a young student as they hunted for mini beasts, but they could only find slugs. She said Kate was lovely, although she said the only mini beast she managed to find was a slug, but she did see a frog under a log. Uh, she really is just like a woodland princess in these photos. Um, and Zoe continued she really gets what we are doing here and she said she often takes her children on spider hunts in their garden which they love they can spend hours out there so George and Charlotte go on spider hunts I've never gone on a spider hunt in my life that's I do I try to do the opposite of that I know I go on spider slaughters maybe that would be the adventure I go on but I wouldn't I don't go hunting for them I try to avoid them the adventure I go on is either trap one under a cup and free it or I like We'll tell like a boyfriend to kill it <laughs> so that I don't have to kill it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was going to say I'm a better person than you because I kill them. Um, but that I, that was adorable. And yes, she just with her perfect new hair and her little autumnal green outfit, she just looked if, if there were hummingbirds in her hair, she wouldn't have looked any more princessy than she did at this event. And she just looks so happy and yeah. so calm and just totally in her like yeah. environment. So in her element. I also... I know we just talked about it, but I'm not over the 2004 boots. She still has boots that are from the earliest paparazzi images of her in 2004. Do you think she bought two of them 14 years ago or do you think she's had them resold a million times? I'm sure she's had them resold and I'm sure she also doesn't wear them that often because we have seen her in them 
at yeah. least a couple of the times. Anyway, I loved it. I, I have a pair. I have two pairs of boots that I got in 2011 that I have resold one time each. And I'm just like, oh, maybe I can really push it. Do you want to hear the most embarrassing thing that I'm going to admit to Ooh, you exciting. and all of our listeners? Sure. So back in like 2004, mm-hmm. all the celebrities were wearing Uggs. <laughs> and so have you paid to have Uggs resold? No, but I got a pair in 2004 or oh, maybe course. it was 2003. And I still have them. I only ever wear them when I'm doing laundry mm-hmm. and I'm wearing like a big pair of baggy sweatpants and I put my Uggs on because I don't know. I'm not wearing. Sorry, I'm like not wearing underwear. Like I, yeah. I'm not going to like put on full clothes and no. I have to grab my Uggs and I go to the laundromat. And so my Uggs are my laundry shoes. I think that's perfectly fair. I think that's stars. They're just like us. Podcasts. <laughs> They're just like <laughs> us. I think that's a very normal laundry outfit. And I don't think it's shameful to have purchased Uggs in 2004 that's when you that's why when anyone would have bought them in this country but I bought them when I was living in South Carolina and (laughs) and it was so hot all the time and so I was wearing them in like 90 degree okay that's fair but they're really comfortable I get it yeah and everyone was wearing them then and like in my defense it was all these celebrities wearing them with like short shorts in LA in 90 degree heat that's much dumber Uh, it also goes to show that they're an amazing product if you're still wearing them 14 or 15 years later yeah boots are great Welcome yes. to boot season. It's October. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I'm thrilled. Um, okay. So happy boot talk has to stop because it's Samantha Markle time. It's the royal pain. Womp, womp, womp. Um, but for once, it's kind of sort of positive, except for the fact that she's in the UK. Yeah. That in itself is not positive. No. Do you think Megan's like hackles just raised when she landed at Heathrow? Because mine, uh, mine did. I think. I'm on edge. Like, imagine if. Someone that you're not even close with, who's done nothing but cause you grief and caused you endless embarrassment and anxiety, flies across the pond to see you and then acts like you are being mean to her by not seeing her. Yeah. Like, there's so many people that I avoid who are in the same (laughs) room as me. You know, like, I can't even imagine that happening to me. I would get severe anxiety. I'd be like, go to my therapist and be like, Gonna need some meds. Yeah. Well, ugh. so yeah, so she is in the UK right now this week and she went on the Jeremy Vine show and she said, I mean, the headline from page six was Meghan Markle's sister finally apologizes. I wouldn't call it an apology, but she said, I would just I would just say that there is so much water under the bridge and so much has spun out of control that was never intended to. And, you know, I think everybody was hurt not being included or invited to the wedding, but I felt as though it could all have been nipped in the bud had everyone been included and we all just agreed to move forward with positive resolve the hurt feelings would wouldn't have snowballed but believe it or not it doesn't mean that we love you any less i just think that families can be this way when there's confusion and people are hurt so moving forward i apologize and wish things could be different okay so she apologized whatever um yes it is true that all families have this kind of drama and i know it especially comes out when there's these like big milestones and you sort of see who your real the family members who really love you are, um, how they show up and in what way they show up. And this is how she showed up by trash talking her sister in the press. What more does she need to know? Yeah, it's. It's just it's nonsense. It, I'm speechless. She's like the gall of a gall. Like, I can't even believe it. Like, I don't know. A Lisa's big, just making angry hand gestures <laughs> since you guys can't see it. A big thing that's been going through my mind lately is 
the concept of entitlement. Yes. For very obvious reasons <laughs> that we're not going to get into. Yes. But Samantha feels entitled to this wedding rather than realizing that trash talking your stepsister, embarrassing her and not just even kind of embarrassing her by like telling a silly anecdote, but like deeply humiliating her mm -hmm. to the degree that the queen is aware of it. Yes. Um, and the whole she calls her the Dutch ass on Twitter like 10 days ago. Yeah. And just contributing to the hate that Megan received just yeah. as like an American divorcee who's half black. Like yeah. she was already receiving such ignorant hate. Yes. And to like add to that, yes. I just I think it's beyond cruel. And to feel entitled to one of the happiest days of her life and yeah. also arguably the most important day of her life yeah. in that like millions and millions of yeah. people are watching her get married. I just, I'm sorry. I'm just really mad for Megan <laughs> and I'm really mad for a lot of people right now. <laughs> Have some more of the crown Royal and cherry Coke. Just going to sip it. <laughs> sip, sip on that. Will you please? Um, but I'm with you. I of course feel that anger as well. And it's just, this is a step in the right direction, but it doesn't in no way absolves her of all the horrible things she's done for the last couple of months. I truly think that the only way to actually apologize to Megan would have been to send a note yes. through some sort of a intermediary person yeah. and then been quiet. Yeah. Give her your silence. And that is like the greatest apology and greatest gift because all they want is for the Markles to go away. Yeah. If you actually were sorry for all the things you've done, then just go away. Um, she also, speaking of, we haven't heard from Thomas Markle in a while, but she referred to it, um, Samantha did, and just said that, like, by the way, he didn't even make that much money from the fake staged photos that he did with the paparazzi because they only paid him, like, $1,500, and, of course, those photos probably went for $100,000. Yeah. But, like, who is that on, you know? You mm -hmm. just, like, signed up with, the, like, <laughs> it's not, whose fault is that? The photographers or us for reading the magazines i don't know it's just she yeah we're not done with her yet i'm like the rage still exists and i think she still has to tape celebrity big brother and everything oh god i know I we still have that to come so she's just haunting the uk right now and i am ready for her to leave i'm so sorry uk <laughs> i'm so sorry that this american is just like storming the gates um anyway i don't want to end on that unhappy note what can we do um, we can go to our highs and lows and talk yeah. about some highs. Yeah, let's talk about some highs. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So a high. Okay, so we're we're recording this on Tuesday, which is before the Sussexes go to Sussex. And yes. that is going to be my high because even though I've not seen the pictures yet, I just no. love the idea of it. Like, yeah. them in Sussex, that's so cute. I'm just, I'm excited. I, the October is freaking packed, man. Yeah. We have so much that they're going to be doing. You know, it starts tomorrow with Sussex, the trip to Sussex, and then, of course, Eugenie's wedding, and um, Kate has another event right before Eugenie's wedding. It's just, it's it's all happening. And then, of course, the trip to Australia, New Zealand, etc. So is that your high? That's my high. We have so much <laughs> to look forward to. Um, my low is friggin' Samantha Markle. My low is the story that's been making the rounds this week about the Amsterdam trip. Oh, yeah. With that's the fair. Soho house and how everyone's saying that um, Harry had an awkward run-in with the actress Jenna Coleman, who he like kind of dated briefly, but really they just didn't talk to each other. And I think it's perfectly fine to kind of not talk to someone you casually dated yeah. in a public place. I mean, they knew she would be there. Mm -hmm. At this, this was we talked about this a little bit last week. The Soho House opening party in Amsterdam. 
who is that awkward for? Like, I don't think it's awkward. I think it's awkward for Jen Coleman. Probably. Um, I don't think it's awkward for Prince Harry, who's clearly like obsessed with his new wife. And I don't think it's awkward for Meghan Markle, one of the most beautiful humans on the planet. So not that there's anything wrong with Jenna Coleman. I just don't. Jenna was there with her boyfriend. Like, yeah. I don't like, think it was awkward. I think it's just, oh, these two people at least kissed who know what else. But like, yeah, yeah. No, no one really knows what happened between them. But it was so brief and casual that it's like not important. Yeah, we put these narratives onto all like ex run-ins, which is fair because every time I have run into an ex, I'm super awkward. But I think it's a little different in mm-hmm. these circumstances. And as we've discussed in the past, weirdly, they all love hanging out with their exes, which I don't understand. It's so weird. <laughs> I don't, I don't do that. Um, anyway, send us thoughts on that and on uh, the Sussex trip as it unfolds this week um, at info at gallerypodcasts.com and send us any questions and things that you would like us to discuss in upcoming episodes. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a real review for Heart Five from Heart 5J. This one amuses me very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends who I get to sit with and gossip with about the royals. We just haven't met or talked to each other in <laughs> any way. Ha! There are other podcasts with royal reporters giving facts, but they don't give you the feeling of drinking with friends and chatting about royalty while we see who gets buzzed first. Um, mm-hmm. Big love to you, ladies. <laughs> don't change. You're the best and the most beautiful. And don't let anyone say different. Did my mom write this? <laughs> and um, let the record state that my drink is finished and Caitlin still has more than half. You know what? I, I can't quickly drink any cocktails but especially not whiskey but it is it's not bad yeah i'm telling you cherry coke is a really good mixer i learned that in high school anyway um (laughs) you can follow the show on instagram at royally obsessed podcast or join our facebook group royally obsessed you can follow me caitlin at hey k men's h-e-y-k-m-e-n-z on twitter and instagram and you can follow me lisa at lisa raya on twitter and instagram and read my writing at the cut excellent and until next week god save the pod you had to catch up with me. <laughs> it's hard to talk in gulp, you know, but I I'll try. I did it. I'll work on it. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.